Hello, and welcome to Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom. Hello, bathers. I'm Christella Mir. I'm Sam Bradley. And we have two special guests in the house uh, this evening. Uh, Daniel Gunson and producer Paul. Uh, they don't have mics, but they can hear. So they might listen to a few dispatches, but there, there is plans to go and get some food. Is that right, gents? Yes, I think that's the main plan. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a 360 uh, of local takeaways and uh, see what we, what we find. What are you feeling this evening? Kebab. Kebab. Paul's all about the kebab. Daniel? I heard there was a... I like a uh, some sort of all-in stuffed crust deal going on down the Pizza Hut, so I'm interested to see what's on offer down there. Always interested to see what's going on down at Pizza Hut. <laughs> Here we are in the bathroom again. Yes, we are. Where we bring together our ideas from the outside world and the insides of our brains, and we give them a little wash, and we rub them down, and then we, we maybe towel them so they're uh, not as damp as they were previously, and, and then we see if they're any better. So, how are you, Sam? Well, Chris... Roll my first dispatch! I want to- Hello, Bailers! <laughs> It's 11.30 on Monday the 28th of September 2015 and I'm right about to hand in my thesis. I have just realised that it is the worst day of the entire year to hand in because all the undergrads have just come back today. So the queue for student services is outrageous. There's literally no one there for most of the time and now it's outside the door. So this can be the next three hours of my life. Um, but it's happening now. Yeah. So let's see how it goes. Hello, bathers. Sam here. Uh, I did it. I handed in my thesis. I have a letter that says confirmation of submission of thesis, which means I've done it. Which means I'm done. Which means I've got a viva. That's it. I don't really know what to do. Surrounded by people starting. What, what am I supposed to do? I just, I just did it. I'm free? I don't know what to do with myself. Okay. Um. Um. Talk soon. You're free? Yeah! Oh! <laughs> a bottle of champagne. Oh, no. 
uh, Carver got open just now. That's the finest Carver. Well, that was interesting, Sam. Not, not for the first time in the bathroom. There was uh, looks going about each other as if something had gone wrong. Because that was not easily listening. What is this? Me- Have you played two dispatches at once? What's going on? Why is it all that? But no, that was what it was meant to be, was it? Yeah, it didn't... I've not had much time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, yeah, because of the, yeah. the thesis. Well, so, congratulations yeah, on ending thanks. your thesis. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Well, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a bit, bit too much. Uh, several years in the making, uh, yeah. and now it's over. How does it feel? It feels uh, strange. Strange. Because I've gone from a feeling of anxiety that I'm not doing work all the time I'm not working and that I have this huge thing to do, to uh, this feeling of anxiety that I don't have a job. Yeah. So it's just like a, it's been like a nice, a nice shift in anxiety. Daniel's scowling at me. You'll be fine. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be fine. Yeah. I mean, you might work in a bar for the rest of your life, but that's just life. It'll be fine. I mean, Daniel has been developing currently a, a manifesto for when he is the future... Maybe the future mayor of Sheffield, because it's been announced that uh, Sheffield is going to be one of the other northern powerhouses. So there's going to be, in 2017, a vote for the uh, mayor of Sheffield. And Daniel has a few controversial, though, <laughs> though I, think, I think winning policies. Do you want to shout those out for us, Daniel? I mean, first and foremost, uh, I do stand for the abolition of coins. Uh, <laughs> I strongly believe in that as well. The um, weighty pocket of the everyman is something <laughs> need, I... Need be no more. Need be no more, correct. Um, also, uh, maximum two hours on the internet every day. That was another one oh, of yours. Yeah. I agree with that one. <laughs> Ideally, I mean, uh, unemployment has been my best friend recently. Um, and I've not left the house. In fact, I've spent a lot of time on the internet and I've been smoking quite a lot. <laughs> So you, you want to develop a world where that's fine for everyone to do that? Under your mayorship, everyone will be... Uh... Well, they'd have to leave the house. Because they have no internet. Maybe no smoking at home. <laughs> that's a good one. No smoking at home, maximum two hours of the internet. You're just trying to take the clock back. You just want, a, you just well, want you just, a nice smoky pub somewhere. You just that's want everybody you want. out the house, you know. Oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Trying to make things very social. I would vote for this guy. <laughs> He has well, your yeah. vote in the 2017 Sheffield mayoral election. I mean, we can officially endorse you as uh, the official candidate of the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, this was like our primary election. Yeah. Dan- Daniel won out. out of the All right, I'll go with that. <laughs> so okay. we are, We're not on the internet. We disconnected the oh, internet. We did, <laughs> oh, we did the, disconnect the, the there internet. There was a lot of wires, because there's four people in the bathroom today, and there's a lot of wires around the place. It's very dangerous. The, the, the internet cable <laughs> is, is always particularly tight in this room, uh, because I drag it from about three rooms over, and uh, we took it out, because... Um, because of Daniel. Because of Daniel. That's his policy. Because that's his policy. So you've ended your thesis. Yeah. Uh, some of the bathers might remember that I did a solo show, episode yeah. four... With the procrastination had diary. Your procrastination diary. And that was in May. And it's now September. I mean, what, hap- <laughs> what happened that there was... Why was that one episode just me? And then there was all these subsequent episodes where you still... Uh, because procrastination. 
I'm an oh, extreme. You were doing that, yeah. This is another thing that's changed because I'm extremely good at procrastinating. I need something to procrastinate about. Mm. So since Monday, when I handed in, it's been quite difficult. So actually, what I ended up doing was procrastinating making dispatches, which is why that one was a bit clunky. Oh but right. We'll just we'll gloss over we'll that. Go with it. I mean, I did say two seconds in. Copyright. Come on. <laughs> and I said, fuck copyright. Fuck copyright. <laughs> but there is a there is a freedom mixtape. That was what it was trying to be. I got that eventually. <laughs> well, some Rather of the, just some noise. of the mix changes were really clunky. <laughs> what the hell? What's this one? So it's making dispatches now your main task. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And procrastinating is applying for jobs or something. Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Well, you've done a really Sam thing of like, you know how your <laughs> your system of brushing your teeth when you need a piss? Yeah. You've done a really clever thing. What do you mean? I feel like I'm just procrastinating. I've, I've, well, no, yeah, putting made... putting the thing that should be the hobby yeah, as, your, as your job, finding <laughs> a job, and then twist. you've twisted it all around. So are we having any of this, Carver? Yeah. Well, Chris, you know who likes Carver? Oh, a feather friend of ours. It's John the Duck. A smile is always on his beak. He helps us know who has to speak. We don't know much about his tale. He has no voice to regale us. He was living with the clouds, but somehow he got posted out now. He's just trying his luck at the internet. He's John, John, John the Duck. He's John, John, John the Duck. He's John, John, John. He's John, John, John. He's John, John, John the Duck. How's that carver going down there, John? Oh, dear. He's had a few at the Wagon and Horses before he came, didn't he? Bloody hell. Right, well, John is in my hands. And keeping with the thesis theme, I have done a a very short little song, choral piece, about maybe all the options that lie ahead of you uh, now that you have completed your thesis. Well, I do need some ideas, so I'm looking forward to it. There's plenty here. Now your thesis is complete, it's time to put the books away. Start a business like Theopaphetis, or just find something that will pay. You could sell Kendamas to foreign tourists, or be a US TV folklorist, or run a strange tortoise. Themed florists get into lore and deal with courtrits or hand therapy and heal some sorists. You could do these and so much more. It's up to you to choose your way. There you go. Lovely. A lot of great ideas there. I mean, there was a few uh, Sam-centric sort of ideas. <laughs> uh, selling kendamas, uh, uh, tortoise-themed florists. I thought that actually the the tortoise could be the customers because I know they like uh, dandelion flowers and all that yeah, kind so of stuff. Yeah, so selling delicious flowers. Yeah, to tortoises. Or and um, what was the other one in the middle there? Something about sorists. A hand therapist. Oh, hand therapist. Start a business like Theopaphetus. 
Yeah, I was, I was really happy with that one. <laughs> Go into the job centre and be like, okay, I've got a list. They <laughs> yeah. all rhyme. I only want a rhyming job. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, there's some hand signals going on over here that uh, Daniel and Paul need to go and get something to eat. So I think that's happening now. Yeah. Hey, can you get me something while you're there? What do you want, lads? Uh, well, I'd love a... Whatever's uh, going. I'd love a pizza, actually. I mean, Obviously, we are fans always. of pizza. What kind? Um, uh, pepperoni, green pepper, black olives, and <laughs> red onion. <laughs> Come on, the bathers know that. The bathers know that that's my... Can I have... Um, <laughs> Double pepperoni? Stuffed crust, if it's available. Maybe salad. Surprise me! How would you feel if your double pepperoni was maybe in a uh, stalemate with garlic? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? The interesting versus pepperoni. Uh, One of one of me and Daniel's favourite pizzas. Actually, Daniel doesn't like it, but um, one of my favourite pizzas from the um, the Chapel Town Grill is (laughs) garlic versus. Pepperoni. Why it's versus? <laughs> it's called garlic versus pepperoni, and many many a Friday night we've had Christopher Delamere. Christopher Delamere versus garlic oh, versus. versus pepperoni in a three match so- showdown. So who 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 comes out on top? Yeah. <laughs> What's the scoreboard? How do you know win? Not his bowels. <laughs> so go get pizza. Yay. <laughs> So, in our email account, we received a guest dispatch. We did indeed. From one Abraxas Knox. This was very mysterious at the time. Very. Because I genuinely don't know who this is. I still don't know. I haven't even listened to it, to be honest. I haven't listened to it. Have you not listened to it? No, neither of us listened to it. Um... There was a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories getting thrown around. Yeah, a lot of conspiracy that Abraxas theories. Abraxas was some kind of uh, mythological god or something, yeah. and then we thought that that might be some kind of weird reference to Paul, who, yeah. producer Paul, whose real surname is whose real surname real his real surname <laughs> his actual surname is Sobek, who was an Egyptian god. Yeah, and we thought we were onto something there. Yeah. And we thought Abraxas Knox sounded like. Atlas shrugged, yeah, and we thought Ayn Rand. Paul likes Ayn Rand, <laughs> uh, but then Paul said, "No, I've read it, but I don't like it." And we, went, oh, mm. and then uh, and but no, he went. He came straight out and said it wasn't him. Also, they were a, a kitchenware company in uh, near Worcestershire <laughs> or something like that. And I was looking into clues, like who would do this? Who would do that? Who who is maybe setting up a rival podcast about dispatches from the communal kitchen? Oh God, I never maybe even that's thought who of it that. Was. What if we had a rival? That what would be, we do? I mean, I'd be really flattered. Someone, <laughs> someone sees us as some kind of weird threat. Some force to be reckoned with. So they were called Abraxas Knox, but we could not work out who it was. We still no, don't know. Genuinely don't know. I mean, if you don't want to come forward, that's fine. We've had one before that I still don't... Uh, there was one where the, uh, your laptop is speaking to you or something. Yeah. From an old one. I still don't know who sent that in. Yeah. And it's the same with this. We should probably read out what they sent to us. So because uh, Mayor, <laughs> Mayor Gunson demanded that the internet wire get pulled out, Sam is now having to access... Here, illegally. Illegally. Of the airwaves. Through his mobile phone to get to the email account to read out the email from Abraxas Knox. 
Is this what would happen in the sort of 1984 states that, that Daniel would produce? Well, no, we would have been uh, posted just a tape with some uh, cut out oh, letters yeah, from magazines yeah, yeah. and stuff. So I've hacked into the mainframe. Mayor Gunson be damned. <laughs> and downloaded the email. Title, Dispatch, Bathroom Storm. From Abraxas Knox. Hello, S and C and JTD. Please find attached a little dispatch for you. One stormy Sunday a few months ago, the wind was making some erratic humming and buzzing noises in my bathroom. So I left a recorder on in there for a while to capture some of the sounds. I had about 15 minutes, but most of it was pretty boring. So I played around with the sounds in a haphazard manner until I had something considerably shorter and slightly more interesting. Bonus points for identifying the polyrhythm and its timings, and the original sounds in the recording that it's made up of. Happy bathing! Like a cousin of John the Duck at the end there. <laughs> wow. Wow. There was that some was... Uh, lovely kind of low-key, very autumn I felt as well. Yeah. Really, Spooky. really, really fits in with our that kind of low-key odd vibe <laughs> <laughs> of autumn or something. Like um, you head out into a misty morning and yeah, these noises start creeping around you. But you know when they said polyrhythm, I thought it was going to be like Fella Cootie. <laughs> but but made with bathroom stuff but it, it was much more low much key and, odd, than that. and i liked it maybe if you sped it up it would be a bit more felicuti there was a few creaky doors and a few a bit of door jazz a bit of door jazz thrown in there <laughs> for good measure well wow. i mean i didn't hear anything that i was oh that's the shower so whoever this person is has a really spooky bathroom. A really spooky bathroom with a crow in it. <laughs> a resident rook. <laughs> <laughs> but how how he, does he your does, bathroom uh, only Thursdays and Saturday nights uh, <laughs> 9 till uh, 2 2 a.m. He just comes in and does some resident gore. Resident rook, yeah. <laughs> and he, he sort of does some <laughs> duet work with the door jazz. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the scene, man. With the wind humming through yeah, the... Yeah. But what hums in a bath... How does your bathroom hum? Maybe the know. boiler's in there. 
Oh where yeah, was, if you had but like. Where was a... the storm? Like, did the storm generate those noises out of the bathroom? If you had like a, you know, if you had like a pipe going outside and the wind was blowing across it like a like a flute. Oh yeah. Playing your pipe like a flute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, there's an area of Sheffield near where I'm from. You know, on the Bowl Hills. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there's like um. Four streets of brick terrace housing that ends just on a, a road that isn't a road at the end. Yeah, I know what you with mean. With just a big green uh, railing at the end. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's completely exposed to the valley Yeah, looking across to Stannington. Yeah. And if you get like the winds whipping round there, yeah, uh, starting from this time of year really, uh, into the winter... It, it's beautiful. <laughs> like, it comes straight through. It's like a flute. And a <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the, the Sheffield sing. version of the Northern Lights. Like, people come from <laughs> people come from Parson Cross to, to hear that. <laughs> That's not true. I've never heard of it, no. <laughs> On a windy day, there's like a call goes out in the city. Yeah. You can hear it from across the valley. The railings are singing. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. So, thank you, Abraxas. Or Mr. or Mrs. Or Nox. Ms. Nox. <laughs> Ms. Nox. Um, thank you very much. Nice. Nice. So you heard Daniel Gunson there, fellow Chapel Town resident. Indeed. Famous Chapel Town resident. Famous. The original, actually. I mean, I don't know if we established that we are here in Chapel Town Studios once again. Oh, yeah. We're, you know, every now and again we're in Chapel Town. Sometimes we're in London. This time we're in Chapel Town once again. So Daniel was a famous Chapel Town resident uh, mm. from our school days. The only person I knew that lived here. And many, many parts of my teenage years involved coming all the way across because chapel town is very far from my house where i grew up in sheffield if you live in sheffield if you know sheffield like the thing is you might have heard (laughs) of chapel town you might have heard of chapel town let alone actually gone to it yeah but we it it is approximately i think six and a half miles away from the city center way up to the north but Um, it was an integral part of my teenage years because i was friends with daniel and he would always have parties for some reason. That's because he lived in Chapeltown and no one else lived here. And he wanted, he was like, oh, well, I wanted not, people to come. I'm not going into town. Oh, yeah, because he would always have to, have to go, yeah. go to everybody else. So he's just like, I'll have a party and everyone exactly. has to come to me. Because we lived Great in Crooks idea. and Walkley and we could just walk home in yeah. 20 minutes from town. Yeah. And he go, well, why don't I have some wine? Uh, why doesn't everybody come <laughs> over to my house? And we went, yeah, sounds pretty good. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Spent many drunken nights wandering mm, the streets of uh, Park yeah. Lane. Oof, Park awful. Avenue? Park Avenue. Park Avenue. 74. So, uh, me and Daniel have been going through some some weird shit recently <laughs> about not really having any friends. We live in Chapel Town. Uh, me, out of choice. Him, he has no choice. His mum and dad live here and um, he currently has no it's job. It's quite... I, fi- I, fi- I feel like it's quite difficult to leave... Chapel Town. Once you're here, it does feel like a it's dead like end. A, it's very difficult. It's like a sink that you get trapped in. <laughs> Bring it back to the bathrooms. 
nice. you're like a you wonder you're a wandering spider and then you get sucked into the sink of chapel town but some spiders are just born in the sink climb out the drain but you can't quite <laughs> yeah, get out yeah. the walls and that's what daniel is and some spiders <laughs> appreciate the amenities that are available in the plug hole because they are there for you, even though they probably know that it's probably better for their general health and mental well-being to probably get out of the plug hole uh, and find a nice ashtray to live in. Well, the Asda Superstore does do rather good six-pound carver, so, exactly. you know, can't really argue with the results. can attest to. Maybe we'll talk about our Chapel Town loneliness and our lack of friends after I've played this short dispatch from the Chapel Town Tourist Board. Are you bored, lonely and sad and living in the North North Sheffield area? Then why not come to Chapel Town? The people's paradise, Chapel Town. An outlying northern suburb of the Rome of the North with its twin cathedrals of Tesco Express and Weatherspoons, and its traditional local industry of medicated toilet paper. Chapel Town where your pizza cravings are catered for by over four takeaways. Marvel at the sights and sounds of Station Road, where people flock in their tens of a Saturday morning. Why not visit the fish supply shop or the beauty salon, Edenic, which sounds like paradise's suicide pill. Gasp with laughter at the many pun-based businesses available in the Chapel Town area, chief among them being Chappuccino. Many other pun-based businesses are in development, including North Sheffield's premier Spanish restaurant, Chapas, purveyors of Mexican barbecue, Chapotle, and the controversial business center for the area's top escort agency, Chaperone. Don't be Chapalone, call Chaperone. So why not come on down? People come from as far as Thorpe Hesley and High Green for their Saturday nights out here. The jewel in the crown of an area that up until the Local Government Act of 1972 uh, fell under the local government jurisdiction of the West Riding of Yorkshire and uh, Wortley Rural District, but has actually since uh, become part of uh, the city of Sheffield. It's Chapel Town! Woo! <laughs> and we, we might have a night out in uh, Chapel Town after we've recorded this, I, I would have thought. Down maybe. straight. We have a traditional post-podcast pint down, down wagon on horses. Wagon on horses. So it is, <laughs> it is a funny old place. And, I, and if Daniel was here now and not buying pizzas from one of the four available <laughs> pizza takeaways in Chapel Town. Exactly. Um, He's enjoying the sights and yeah, sounds of exactly. Chapel Town Friday night. I mean, you can always... Uh, that's the great thing about Chapel Town. Uh, you, your post-pub entertainment as well can be found out in um, <laughs> when they spill out into the streets and there's always a scrap. <laughs> you get your pizza and... Last, actually, <laughs> just, wa- <laughs> just watch people fighting in the... Oh, the fucking dickhead. That's exactly what happened last time I yeah, was here. Yeah, yeah. We went to the Wagon of Horses. We yeah. had a couple of pints. We went to uh, Chap Grill, got a pizza, stood outside and watched a young lady being restrained by another young lady yeah. as she yelled expletives at another young lady. And uh, everyone kind of stood around uh, eating it. pizza and also, watching she it. Was tra- she was trying it on with, like, intimidatingly large, bold-headed, uh, oh, yeah. you know, red men. Yeah. She was quite willing to... Nah, she wasn't bothered, was she? <laughs> so, as as part of being uh, two spiders in a plug hole... 
<laughs> if, if we're going to go with your metaphor there, Sam. Me and Daniel have tried to sort of um, reach out and make some friends. Oh, yeah. And I um, I put an advert out. <laughs> put an advert out for some friends. Yeah. And uh, did you see that? I saw, I saw the saw picture. That. I didn't see it in the actual paper. I was just going to bring the email up to show you what it is. But fucking Mayor Gunson <laughs> has pulled out the internet. And I'm going to have to go illegal. Like oh, you. No. So I placed an advert in Gumtree. Oh, yeah. Craigslist. I uh, thought you put it in the Chapel Town Enquirer. I also put it in the uh, Look Local. Oh, yeah. Which is the local area sort of um, advertising uh, leaflet paper kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and for a the, small nominal fee. Yeah, small nominal fee of, I think it was £5 for three weeks. Wow, really? Yeah. That's so cheap. Like, uh, you one, can put any old shit in there. You could just do that all the time, right? <laughs> I was like, I can't believe Chris spent this much on this crap. Nah, it was fine. <laughs> I spoke to a lovely woman called Samantha who helped me out. Uh, and, and she said, I hope, I hope you do get some friends from it. We haven't, Samantha. So how did you do? So, I mean, I'll read you the the short advert in sort of personal ad style. Yeah. Male, self-loathing friends, in late 20s, living in Chapeltown area of Sheffield, looking for further friend or friends to invigorate their lives. Likes, writing songs, roller coaster tycoon, taddy lager and pizza. Dislikes, mothers nagging our jobs. The crushing inevitability of death. Needs light-hearted influence and exercise. Please apply with social CV via email at saversfromsuburbandrudgery at gmail.com. Now I set up <laughs> that uh, email address, saversfromsuburbandrudgery at uh, gmail.com and we got a, a handful of responses. <laughs> I was surprised you got any responses. Do you th- really? Well, I mean, Craigslist is weird, isn't it? So okay, you're going to yeah. get some weirdos on there. Yeah. Um, some other weirdos. Hey. <laughs> so you're saying we're weird because we appeal to people from the internet to be our friends? No. First response we got off uh, Craigslist was short, short and to the point uh, from a man called Jonathan. Yeah. He said, um, how big are your cocks? <laughs> so Did I, you respond? I said, yeah, I did. Of course I did. I'm a, I'm polite, you see. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've, I'm going to exude these kind of virtues of politeness. Yeah. As part of my friendship with Jonathan. Exactly. I was, I was extending the olive hand of friendship to Jonathan. I said, yeah. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for responding to our advert. And though it was not what we were expecting... Thank you for being so anatomically focused with your inquiry. I can hardly speak for my compadre, but I certainly went through a time where I thought myself inadequate in that department. (laughs) I was much younger then and a lot more insecure. I think we've all been through those stages in our lives, haven't we, Jonathan? (laughs) Where one feels like one's member is not enough and we hide our light under a bushel, both shy and ashamed. Who would be 17 again? I wouldn't choose it, even if you threw in a pepperoni pizza and a pint of ale into the bargain. Oh no, not for me, Jonathan. Bleak times indeed. 
I wonder if you too, Jonathan, have been through such times of doubt. Anyway, I'm a little older now, and dare I say it, a little wiser. I'm a little more sure of myself, less inclined to be cowed by the opinion and perception of others, and generally more relaxed with my imperfections. With this wisdom, I can say, and proudly, I have what I am informed by reliable sources is something that could be described as an average-sized penis. <laughs> Regards, chap friend. Uh, so chap friend is a, was a kind of alias I was using yeah. uh, to wheedle out the guys who were inquiring about penis size. Uh, <laughs> so they wouldn't come after you afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't going to go... Regards, Christopher Delamere, five and a half inches or something like that. It's not five and a half inches. Let's leave that set in straight away. Let's get that right out. That was a joke bit. What I should have done was joke like way less. <laughs> like three inches, shouldn't I? That would have been better, right? Oh, no. And what's unfortunate is it's too funny to edit out now, isn't it, as well? That's not... I mean, it's. I think it's more than that. As I said, I've been reliably informed. It's enough within the range. It's enough. <laughs> I mean, most people have an average-sized penis. So it's, well, that's why it's that's just by definition, you know. And everybody overmeasures. Shit! I walked into that. <laughs> walked into my own dick. <laughs> so, Fine, Chris. Um, we did get a Chris. Uh, we are in the nude in the bathroom, and I have to say. It's perfectly fine. You probably have an average-sized penis. <laughs> I've never seen your penis. Yeah, you have. I haven't. I didn't. I never looked. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Have you seen mine? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. Oh, well, we do a podcast in the bathroom every week, and uh... all right, yeah. I do flip and flop it about though, as well, don't I? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On three you... occasions. I mean, they were. What do you mean three occasions? What do you mean not? What do you? What do you mean? What do you mean not? <laughs> That sounds like you've made notes every time. I've not made notes. I could just think of the three occasions. The three, you know, in your head, you have a filing system of the three separate <laughs> times that you've seen my dick. Okay, once was in this very room as you were changing. Uh, yeah, I do change open. Yeah. yeah. And then the other two times we've been to the Hampstead Heath Ponds. All right, yeah. Yeah. Why the one time did you look then when I went in the room? Or was I being really... F- there was no... There was no avoiding Where, it. Was I just right here? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like... Was I flipping and flopping yeah, around? Yeah, there was no... Uh, well, I'm glad we covered that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we did get another response from a man called Adam, who... I mean, we like we like wordy response. We like someone who t- who puts it out there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know so, what you mean. So Adam, Adam was Adam was difficult because he was there was nothing, you know, ob- wrong with him. <laughs> but he just he just didn't give me enough because I did say yeah. apply. We were, yeah, yeah. We were hoping for an application, a good something that was uh-huh. good. Uh, so Adam said, "If you're nerdy enough, this shit could happen." Smiley face. Uh huh. I mean, straight away, I I could have gone for the jugular there with the with the emoticon, and said, "Nah, man, you're, <laughs> you're out." 
Where where was this? Did they say where they were responding to? Like, which was your uh, most both effective? Of, both of these were via Craigslist. Okay, so that was the most effective so far. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I said, and again, I think this um this response might be a little exposing as well. <laughs> Hi, Adam. Thank you for responding to our advert. If you want to give us a little information about yourself and a brief outline of some of your social history, me and my compadre... I don't know why I kept I kept saying comp- compadre about Daniel. It's because it sounds... Uh, it's a verbose way of just saying friend. Yeah. <laughs> I should have said uh, associate because oh, yeah, it was yeah, meant yeah. to be like a business. A business uh, yeah, but yeah. anyway, me and my compadre will consider your application. If you need an example of the... Com- I mean, that's, that's giving away that you didn't have many applications, really. Do you think? You know, if I, if I applied for a job with such a short, uh, just sort of, oh, have a look, and then they responded to it like that, then oh, I'd be like, over the top. nobody's applying for this. Oh, they're so desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Tips your hand. I mean, desperation is, uh, is our true. You're card. advertising for friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you have to kind of go with it from that point. Okay. Uh, so I said to him, if you need an example of the kind of thing we're looking for, here is an example of how one entry might look. And then I, I've uh, blocked it out, sort of like a CV, you know, like a CV entry, uh, starting date, ending yeah, date, yeah, yeah. Uh, reason for leaving, uh, all that. So, um, 2011 to 2012, friend to folk musicians and various other hangers-on. For a heavy period of just under a year, I ran with an itinerant posse of folk musicians around the pubs of Sheffield, sometimes guesting on bongos and backing vocals. <laughs> Going rate, about five pints a night. <laughs> Reason for leaving, suffocating atmosphere, current level of contact, complete radio silence, <laughs> punctuated by very occasional Facebook like. And so I signed off. We look forward to hearing from you. Regards, chap friend. Yeah. And, uh, after quite a verbose, in-depth uh, description of my life, Adam came back with, I work, Nando's, cinema, and Warhammer the shit out of life. Say that again. I work, Nando's, cinema, and Warhammer the shit out of life. So he's using all those words as adjectives. So he works he the, works shit, the out shit out of life. Of life. He, he Nando's the, the shit. shit out of life. He <laughs> cinemas the shit out of life. Yeah. I think most importantly, he, he wore hammers the, the shit out of life. life. Interesting. I mean, I feel like I have a very, very solid idea of who, what kind of person Adam is. Now, here is where I think we're going to differ a little, because I have an interest in nerd culture, and I never was interested in Warhammer per se, but I have been uh, very interested. I've played Dungeons and Dragons with strangers. Yeah, I said it. I played Dungeons and Dragons first edition, man, with strangers. I played board games with strangers. I like that kind of thing. But and he paints this picture of that you've got to think from his perspective, okay? He's a person putting it out there and he's saying these are the things that make me me. So you already said that you hate your jobs in the ad. So he's, so work is just, you know, he has to work as well. So he's done the same thing, actually. Not interested. Yeah. Okay. Then he nandos. Now, what does that tell you? He likes chicken. He likes chicken. He likes a reasonably priced meal. 
which is quite similar to pizza. In some senses, Nando's is similar to pizza, although we use it as a nice New Year's Day treat. I see where you're going with this already, and I I feel bad that I didn't. So I'm going to tell you, I didn't respond to Adam. And then the third, what was his third point? Cinema. Cinema. So I think this is where you and him differ, because I can't think of a single time that you've been to the cinema. (laughs) I do go to the cinema, but it's under duress. Like, I fucking hate sitting yeah no i don't dislike sitting i hate i hate like this is the thing that we're doing now for the next two hours yeah movies aren't my thing i don't like i don't like movies i could sit for hours and hours watching the same television show various episodes of Uh, but i think that's something a lot of people experience but now and see what you're saying do you want to are you making another point about Warhammer? well we've got to come to warhammer (laughs) i don't know that much about warhammer but you know it is is a british institution is it british i think so oh i didn't know games workshop you know they're a british they're still company. going strong as well. exactly it's not like it There's wasn't a, new... a fad it's still going well it's gone in and out and they've just redone it all apparently i follow board game oh websites God, <laughs> but I i've never actually been that interested in warhammer but you know he likes painting you know you like painting that's true oh. i feel really bad now but perhaps he could branch out like if you think about it, really, you could diversify your friends with this guy. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, that's what you should do. You should always be interested in people who are fucking nowhere like you. I don't think he's nowhere like you. The problem with no, him... No, no, I know, but you should be anyway, shouldn't you? As a good person. You should spend time with people that are nowhere like you, but you can't necessarily be friends with them. <laughs> so, just because that's the way it is. Mm. Yeah. So I think I was a little rash, but but I was hoping for someone. You see, my thing was, do they get it? Does he? And he I didn't th- get I, it. I feel like. But actually, you're, you're asking too much. No, I feel like he didn't get it. And what worries me is that sometimes, with the kind of people that those kind of people are, is that they'll never quite get it. But I hate that I'm a dickhead who's. Who can't say anything without being ironic. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just like gotta love things. He he yeah, he was just putting it out there. Yeah. And I just ignored him because he was sincere. Yeah, he sincerely what? was. Oh Adam, why didn't you say that with your tongue in your cheek? I mean, he was a bit too concise, let's say. Yeah. If he'd said all those things in many more words, would you have reconsidered? Yeah, I mean, he was he was the front runner, but he was only competing with a guy who asked us how big our dicks are. <laughs> now you've raised it in that way, and I'm looking at like cinema. I don't. I'm not outright disliking of Warhammer because I remember a friend having them when I was a kid. Brad Francisco. Oh, Brad Francisco is big into that nerdy yeah. shit. He had a box full of them. But I remember having not not even him, like another another kid who lived around the corner from me who who was way into them, and I really really liked the. The very precise, painstaking painting you'd have to do on the very yeah. little pieces. I mean, has there ever been a hobby for children that has uh, made them sit down and do a craft Care, yeah, as much as that paint. has? I mean, it's kind it's... I imagine it's died now because everyone has fucking iPads. Yeah. <laughs> but it was before that time before people really even had, you know broadband internet yeah so you sitting down and painting a whole bunch of shit 
and then assembling it together, gluing it together. It, it was a work of love. And I see my memory I of feel, Warhammer I feel was always. For... I don't, I never wanted to do the painting. I was like, okay, I just want the cool thing, and I want to play the game. Maybe because they always had loads of things. They had in Games Workshop. They had a big terrain, and they had all the pieces set up, and they were measuring stuff to see who hit what. And I was like, that was what I'd be more into, but I never, never got into it. So I'm sorry, Adam. Maybe you can email him back later. And say, we talked about you on this podcast. Here. Yeah. Oh, we're sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So then we got a final response, which I think was the best response. And it came via Gumtree. The previous two were from Craigslist. This Interesting. Was from Gumtree. Interesting. Guy called Tom. 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 What can you say about Tom? Nothing so far. How are you both? Never done this before, but why not? I'm 28 and I'm about to move to Sheffield from Leicester with a new job. Just got back from two years in Australia and Southeast Asia. Did the Top Gear thing in Vietnam. I like to run, climb, scuba dive, Uh skateboard and surf. And I need some friends in the north. I too like pizza. And I'm more of an ale man myself. Uh, We we said Taddy Lager was one of our likes. He said he's more of an ale man. It's fine. It's just right next to it. And he said, I look forward to hearing from you. And then he left his number, which is oh seven. <laughs> um, wow, that's a good. That's really so good. You, he, so he, he basically ticks all your boxes because he's the right age range. You wanted someone who will force you to exercise, and he's a man who's interested in exercising type <laughs> things. Well, I don't think we want that really, like deep down. But you need it. You yeah. need someone oh, to say, God, oh, Chris, Daniel, let's go rock climbing. And you go, oh, I don't want to. And they'd be like, come on, we'll have some. He does sound like that, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he, he's he's been like... all the way to Australia. I couldn't be asked to go to Australia. <laughs> I couldn't be asked to get on the plane. <laughs> That's how lazy I am. Okay. But the fir- Daniel's first response was, what? He's gone traveling. He's running and climbing. He's going to be too thin. I don't, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Oh, God, I bet he's thin. That <laughs> was Daniel's uh, big response. But I have responded to Tom. Did you I... ask him his BMI? <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Gunson asks for your BMI. <laughs> How many hours of internet have you done today? <laughs> what are your feelings about coins? So, yeah, I responded in the same kind of bullshitty style. And Tom, I think, went with it a little bit. So... Tom is someone who might be our friend at some point. I'm excited to have him on the show. Yeah, he might be on the show. Wait, so, so what was your response? Well, if it's going to too, too private. No, no, if oh, it's going to become real. Got a <laughs> Stop it. Chris is blushing. All right, so we've got a we've got a cliffhanger. The little cliffhanger. We're probably going to meet him. That'll be cool. Cool, cool, cool. Put an advert out for friends and they just come if, if yeah. you build it. <laughs> They will apply to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello, bathers. Hello, bathers. We've popped open producer Paul's Prosecco. We have uh, Daniel and Paul are still out finding food somewhere. Somewhere. Um, I did just uh, make a phone call to Daniel to find out where they were. They're at the Jasmine House Chinese. I've never even heard of that. I don't know where no, that is. Me, yeah. Daniel knows his way around Chapel so I'm sure he knows where that is. And I think they're just waiting for some food, uh, and they will be with us at some point shortly. So uh, John the, the Duck, who has been very quiet all all evening. Where, where are you, John? 
I think he's. Uh, is he under a cushion or something? What's he doing? I don't know. John. <laughs> he's had a bit of that. He's had a bit of that one. It's the. Oh, here he is. That loudmouth fucking alcoholic duck that we all know and hate. It's John the Duck and he's in Sam's hands. Yeah, John's back in my hands. Okay. I realise I've got rather a lot to talk about that was based on the previous thing, but with Paul and Daniel being here, it got very chaotic, so I never got quite into it. So, with my... (laughs) Do you know what you're doing? I know what I'm doing. (laughs) So, with the first dispatch, on the one hand, I made it a bit rushed. So that uh, was you uh, handing in your thesis on the 28th of December. Yeah, it was recorded on my phone, and it was an idea that I kind of had very vaguely and tried to kind of make it as quickly as possible and it kind of sort of worked but not really it was confusing it was it was just a little bit confusing now the point of the bathroom podcast is that we take in ideas we scrub them down and see if they look any better we very rarely actually do that and uh so basically that one needed a little more work yeah but that's fine it's because one of those kids that still had like dirt under their fingernails at school yeah all yeah the time. but it was uh it was actually the second version of that idea because the first version so in order to hand in a thesis you have to get, take it to a book binders to get it like officially bound and yeah, make it look all that. official which is quite cool because you get it back in a nice book and it's like Wow, this is pretty cool. But while it was being bound, I was I got it bound in Holloway, my old ends in London, North London, H. Leasy, Corbin's Gap. You're from Walsley. I don't think you can use words like ends. I, can, I lived in Holloway for three years, man. I can use ends. Anyway, so I was wandering around Holloway. I know I know the secret a little bit, so it was nice. But I was I was rambling on into my phone. And I was going to put that as the dispatch, me rambling on. But instead, I'm just going to ramble on now about this. It was mostly me reflecting on my PhD. And uh, something to share with the bathers out there who might think about maybe doing a PhD or think, oh, wow, a PhD seems like it's a fun thing to do. I can start a podcast and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Sam is not the only example (laughs) of uh, PhDs. So the major piece of advice that I would give anyone that is attempting to start a PhD or any kind of thing, in a, this this applies to postdoctorates or any kind of postgraduate studies. Clever shit. There's two factors that are extremely important. One is that you need to really like your subject, which I think is what most people go into PhDs doing. They're like, oh, I really like chemistry or whatever. I want to keep they doing come this. Out hating them or... Well, then there's the second one that is you need to really love your supervisor. So you need to, like, really get on with your supervisor, have a really good relationship, like, enjoy spending time with them. Is that someone that you will have dealt with prior to actually Not necessarily. Not- so that's just fucking part look. Well, I mean, it depends on the person, but yeah. So there's people in my office, for example, who started a P- or, or like a postgraduate thing elsewhere and then left because the environment that their supervisor created was just not the right fit for them. Whereas here, like where they are now, it's like a better fit and they enjoy the project more. I get that. That's kind of like being... I mean, once you get up into those um, into those upper echelons of academia, I, the way you're describing it like that is sort of like, You've hired this big money uh, music producer to do your, your follow-up album. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's trying to put too much, like, shine on it. Yeah. You, you don't go, want no, that. man, I want to I do it real, you know? 
Yeah. So you go and uh, go back to the kid who did it in the basement or whatever. No, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. You need to have a good producer to get the record right. And you need to have a good vibe amongst the band as well in order to <laughs> stand being with one another. Oh, God, that's the worst, isn't it? Yeah. But this is the thing, because the thing with research by its nature, most of the time it doesn't work. And basically what you need is to be able to come out of those very, very dark periods. So when it's working, well, I did science, so when it's working, it's just it just works because it works, like, because you're trying to do something that's nature or whatever. But when it's not working, it's just fucking shit. And you need to get out of that thing. Well, you used to tell me things about how... Oh, I lost a week of work. Yeah. And it wasn't that you lost anything. It's just that your assumed outcome yeah. never happened or something. Well, you can work... And then and then you were just, well, well, that's useless. I have to start it all over again. Well, you can work for literally a week trying to get something done and just nothing. You, you, you start the week at one point and you end the week basically in the same place. And then you can spend an afternoon on something and just that's it like you've written a chapter of your thesis from an afternoon's worth of work and what is that it's research like that's what research because you don't know what you're doing do you so you suddenly see something like is it so then is it like reading well if it all works it just works and you just you've just done it you get tons of results but if it doesn't work it's just like well okay that didn't work so i'll try something else oh that didn't work i'll try something else oh that didn't work we're trying to have this conversation here (laughs) bathers and i've known sam since we were um 14 years old and every time he's gone on to the next bit of his academic studies i go what are you doing then <laughs> and then he'll tell me and i'll go all right <laughs> and, then, and, then I, and then next time we see him what are you doing then i have still no idea what you did i remember for a time you're doing something about semiconductors i don't know what they are I didn't That's actually do any it, semiconductors. What? I when did, was that I did then? just metals and insulators. I mean, what you've done is conflated the whole thing together. Technically, I you never looked se- at semiconductors. No, I feel like you were, you gave me the layman's reading one time and oh, said yeah, semiconductors. Probably. Yeah, yeah, I probably did. Mm. I probably used it as an example, but strictly speaking... You know, you know what you've done? You've given the lay people words that they didn't know about and they're now <laughs> using it wrong. Like... A, like like all good fiery priests. Oh no, do. no, no, no! There was a little bit about because I used some silicon in it, so there was a little bit of semiconductors, but not much. So basically, everything that Sam's done since two thousand and six, <laughs> in his in his you know working academic life, I have zero understanding of. But it's just research. It's just research. Yeah, you can say I think that. This is what just broadly you, applied to research. <laughs> well, it was computational modeling of solid state systems. We were mostly looking at microelectronics applications, particularly a specific application which is called resistive RAM, which is a new type of memory that people are trying to develop. And I was trying to uncover kind of what one of the mechanisms of one of these types of uh, memories, how it actually works. So I was specifically looking at metal insulator, metal resistive RAM, or MIM RAM. And uh, the ones that I was specifically looking at was uh, we were trying to do atomic scale modeling using DFT. Specifically, I was using VASP, which was which is a plane wave code, um, to try and model atomic scale processes which would form conductive filaments in, in hafnia HFO2, so hafnium dioxide, between two metal electrodes. So I was very interested in uh, point defects and how they interact with one another. And now you have no job. Yeah, no, I've not got any no, job. No, you haven't got any job. <laughs> Now I can go into. M- 
I can go into more reasons why I've not got a job. The primary reason is that there's a lot less money in academia at the moment. So there isn't actually that many jobs. Oh. Which is a bit depressing. So, my top advice for anyone that's doing a PhD would be to... uh, You need to enjoy the project. Mm. You need to like your supervisor. Now, what happened with me personally in my PhD is at first I just kind of didn't understand my supervisor. So he's... Speaking in Chinese all the time, or...? No, he's originally from Latvia. Latvia. And uh, so he's got this kind of... He's about maybe... I think he's 60 now. So he grew up in Soviet Latvia. Oh, wow. And then he's had a very interesting life traveling around, going to Japan and to Italy, and then finally to Britain. He's got a very specific way of speaking of a, and of being and of mm. asking questions. And uh, he's a known figure around because he, he seems very intimidating. Um, and at first I was, you know, quite intimidated. I was a young student. I didn't know the answers to any of his questions. Yeah, so I, I didn't really necessarily like him that much. But I, like, really liked the project. Now, basically, over the course of my PhD, these two things, I started to understand Alex better, who was my supervisor. Mm. And so I liked him more and more. And he turned out like he's a really, really good supervisor. Really interesting. Like, he's just really, really good. But over time, like, I liked him more and more. But I liked the project less and less. (laughs) And this was part of the other reason that I've not got a job is the more I looked into this sort of thing, uh, the more other people were less interested in it. Mm. So it was very interesting for a lot of people when I started, but now that I've finished, it's like, ugh. Yeah. And it's only interesting for the people taking over. So, so yeah, these two things crossed over. Okay. So now we can finally get some of this dispatch that I made. So, basically the hardest part of doing my PhD, actually writing my thesis, by far, is not the work not the science, but just being motivated to do anything. Because mm. there was whole weeks where I just was so demotivated. You just don't do anything. And the fact with research like this, you have to... This is why you need to like your supervisor and like your project. Because either you're interested in the project, you're like, oh, I've just got to figure this out. Or you've got a supervisor who's, who's like, you've just got to figure this out. Which is what how my thesis ended up getting done was basically my supervisor shouting at me that I need to get it done. So you need to be motivated. And one thing that I realized, running a podcast, Chris, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you go on Instagram and you, you post a photo of us podcasting and you yeah. do it, hashtag podcasting or yeah, hashtag podcast, nice, and somebody somebody clicks on it and maybe gives you a follow or a like or something. Well, and then some you look at them, people. you look at their profile and you're like, what? what's this? And it's almost always people who are like, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? Don't you want to get great in business? Isn't marketing awesome? And like, and what I realized as well is if you click through onto the hashtags, there's just one in about 20 to 40 photos. There's some motivational phrase in hashtag podcast or hashtag podcast inc. Yeah. Which is very strange from the people who I have uh, spoken to on the internet about podcasting. Maybe it's maybe you it's mean not... the actual people doing podcasting? Yeah, because they're very uh, love being in a room talking to yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's a certain type of person, right? So maybe we Do all what need you these. Believe in be yourself. Yeah. Hashtag podcast. So basically, what I've done is I've collate. I spent last night 
going through thousands and thousands of Instagram photos through in hashtag podcast and hashtag podcasting. Right. And I've collated all the results into one big piece of motivational phrases. So maybe we can get motivated for getting oh, new yeah. jobs, getting out of our rut or yeah. something. Out of our gut is what I, I just started <laughs> rubbing my belly when you said that. <laughs> um so motivation. I'm very excited about this. I feel like I'm going to be a new man <laughs> or a woman. You have to get started to be great. Failure is what makes us human, but what you do with that failure is what makes you different. What you are now will not be your end result. To reach extraordinary goals, you must do extraordinary things. Part of the problem with this world is too many people grow up. Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Life is a journey, so start walking. Don't be a sheep and follow the crowd. Be a wolf and start your own pack. Life is a game, so why not win? I create the life I desire by standing in my power. You're missing out on some great ideas if you try to overplan. The only regret is regress. Why not go out on a limb? That's where the fruit is. What you seek is seeking you. Centre yourself around gratitude. Success is more permanent when you achieve it without destroying your principles. Progress requires sacrifice. Tomorrow is never promised, so love and appreciate the people who are in your life. If you want to be ultra successful in life, you need to find the balance in the game of life. I love who I am, but I'm infatuated with who I have the potential to be. Almost every successful person begins with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present, and I have the power to make it so. Yeah, podcasting. Podcast. <laughs> um. Do you feel motivated now, Chris? Standing your power. Um, my motivational motto is um, to be regretful of the past, <laughs> fearful of the future, and inert in the present. <laughs> and I live by that creed. It's good. Some of that was fucking sickening. I know it's awful. I mean, I mean, this is the baffling thing. So you get thing. one or two of those, and you go, "Yeah, I, I can see how the, there's a bit of positivity in those." Once you hear them back to back, you get so saturated. Who? Exactly. What was that one about? I like who I am, but I'm infatuated with who I could be. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes me want to hurt that person. <laughs> That makes me want to but all be of, maimed so they that they're forever shamed and like a leper. Oh, the, this mm, is about a day's worth of Instagram posts, right? So this is like every day people post these and you look at them and it's like these words really big over a picture of like a massive house with four cars in front of it. Oh, oh hold the on. phone. I mean, answer the phone. <laughs> answer the phone. <laughs> Hello? Hi, are you alright? Yeah, not too bad. Where are you? Right, we'll come to the door. Hang on. 
Well, uh, Daniel and Paula here with some food, so... Oh! I love you, girl, almost as much As I love pizza I wish to the touch You were greasier Oh, oh, please don't think me a nutter But I'd love to smother you in Garlic butter So Daniel and Paul are here. Daniel and Paul are here. Oh. What have you got, lads? Oh, some oh. lovely looking pizzas. Uh, well, we couldn't decide what to get, so me and Paul went for a Chinese. Uh, we got you two lads uh, a 12-inch pizza each. That's oh, yours, God. Oh, my God. Oh, that looks yeah. amazing. Oh, some different types of pepperoni and oh. you know, peppers and shit. Uh, um, this is some sort of meat feast. Oh, you, so. nice. Lovely. Oh, good pizza. Really <laughs> good. So Chris and I have just been talking motivation. How to get motivated? Have you got any motivational words? Or for weight loss? <laughs> Anything. Well, that's the thing. Motivational hashtags are mostly geared around being thin and in or a nice. rich. In a, yeah, being thin in a nice place, not living in Chapel Town and not eating pizza all the time. And this is what we're doing right now. Hi, come to North of Sheffield. <laughs> Eat loads of pizza. Well, I'm having, this is a departure for me. Chinese. Chinese, yeah. <laughs> but isn't this joyous? Like, why Why do we need a massive house in Beverly Hills with four stupid cars? Like, don't I you don't. Just, I bloody love pizza. Don't you just want to eat pizza on a Friday night, you know? <laughs> oh, you can really hear it, can't you? <laughs> so the most motivational thing I can think of saying at any point is you just need to do something. Doing something is better than doing nothing. And sometimes that thing is just eating pizza. I feel like mine's the opposite to one of yours. Mine's trying to embrace boredom. <laughs> Producer Paul said he uh, tries to create boredom as his motion- motivational phrase. What we're really getting into here is that all this Instagram bullshit <laughs> is actually not what anybody lives by. And it's not even necessarily aspirational for us. It's just no. like... It's just nonsense. Mm. Hyperbole. Hello, bathers. Hello, bathers. Now that the pizzas are being munched and the sparkling wine is flowing freely, this podcast is derailing quickly. Oh, God. <laughs> Nothing. Like, we were just talking, weren't we? <laughs> yeah. We are talking about local uh, Chapel Town takeaways. Yeah. Forgetting that we were rolling the entire time. <laughs> but, we, but we do have one last dispatch. Well, Chris has one last dispatch. One last dispatch. And uh, it is... Um... <laughs> oh, hello, John. I thought you'd never come. <laughs> I think he was just having a nibble of my pizza. So, for the uh, final dispatch that we have, it's my dispatch. John the Duck is in my hands. And it's about bathrooms through history. And here is a sneaky peek at one kind of bathroom that might have existed through history. (laughs) 
And now on Dispatches from the Communal Bathroom, we have the first episode in a 68-part series about Tudor hygiene. So let's all go on down to Ye Olde Bathroom and join our host, the one and only King Henry VIII. Hello, uh, King Henry VIII here. Um, just in the bath. Uh, I like a good bath, actually. Um, really sorts out my ulcers. Now, I, I might be famed for my six wives, my jousting exploits, and uh, a little thing called the English Reformation. But also, uh, as a man who popularised gout throughout Western Europe, and also as a man who... Uh, had a diet fit for a very unfit king. I spent a hell of a lot of time uh, in the bathroom. Three pickled pheasants, two deep-fried stoats, one baked whale, seven stuffed pigeons and an awful sandwich will play havoc with the royal guts. Let me tell you. If you add it all together, I spent nearly uh, two months of 1542 uh, sat on the throne, if you get my meaning. Now... I share this bathroom, this communal bathroom. It's a bit of a dive, really. I call it the uh, the Hampton Court Palace Flophouse. I share it here with me old mate Wolsey. Uh, it's his, really. I'm just his lodger. But I tell you what, I'm a, I'm a very courteous uh, lodger. I'm always picking up discarded toilet rolls after him. You know, it's not the other way around. He wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for me. But, you know, you know I'm not going to... He's always leaving his, his cardinal hat all over the place. Anyway, I love a good bath. It's uh, it's good for my leg. Yeah. <laughs> Another application to do uh, Radio 4 comedy at some point. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but probably the, on- probably the only Radio 4 comedy where the theme tune lasts maybe as long <laughs> as the content in the middle. <laughs> probably longer. <laughs> but it was probably the best bit, Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah funky green sleeves. Right. So yeah, you know, uh, Henry and Wolsey lived together, didn't they, in, in Hampton Court Palace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an actual... Hampton Court Palace was Wolsey's, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And well, then Henry's took it off him. Because yeah. he liked it so much. That was it, yeah. Wolsey built the entire thing. Cardinal Wolsey. Cardinal, sorry. Um, yeah. God rest his soul. Henry visited a lot <laughs> and fancied it. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. Uh, I'm the king, so <laughs> yeah. it's mine now, I guess. Yeah. 
But I like to imagine that he was the lodger, uh, yeah. and the most of his reason for taking it over was the fact that Wolsey just wasn't keeping it up. Like, <laughs> he, he was just an appalling landlord. Yeah, yeah. He thought, this is this can't do this cannot happen on my watch. But I, <laughs> I had that idea of doing a bathroom through the ages. Bathroom through history. <laughs> And King Henry VIII was the first person I went to because when I think of history, <laughs> I think of that Holbein f- painting of King Henry VIII. That yeah. is history. Yeah. <laughs> Capital H history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right there. Uh, but then I since found out from a couple of very, very specific uh, forums on the internet <laughs> that King this. Henry VIII was really mad into his baths. Really? For the time. Were you Googling, like, Henry VIII's bathroom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I went, like, into the Hampton Court Palace blueprints and found <laughs> out which wing was his bathroom in. And I was like, I think it was, like, pa- Payne's Tower or something. I can't remember what it was called now. We'll put it in the show notes. And that he was apparently quite fastidious for the time and and, and to a weird expect Like, people thought he was odd because he was bathing so regularly. Wow. So. I like that you did actual historical research for that. Well, I that just thought bit. I'd quite like to get some inspiration to see what his bathroom was actually like. I, d- I didn't find any actual photos, but... Photos? <laughs> yeah, you know. Photos. Or a lithograph from the time. <laughs> yeah. February the 8th in the bath. <laughs> Hashtag getting soaked. Chris, shall we pull the ripcord and get I think, we, I think we should take the plug out of the bath. Get dry and go yeah. out and have a pint somewhere. Bloody hell. It's been a long soak. Have you seen your fingers? They're like bloody prunes. So, Daniel, have you enjoyed your first time in the Mayor bathroom? Gunson, as Mayor he Gunson. will soon be known. Soon to be. It's, um, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed myself, actually. I'd like to thank everybody <laughs> that made this possible. Because uh, I you know, came here with nothing. <laughs> You even um, live within a mayoral candidacy. And a sore gut. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's been a lovely visit. To no, the, it's uh, been absolutely wonderful nice to have, have you, you for, nice the, have for the bookends of this show. Yeah. Producer Paul, always here, never saying anything. How's it, how's it been for you? Yeah, it's been good. All right, well, we've got to get out of, here. out of here. Hey, hey, bathers. bathers. Did you enjoy this? Whatever this was. Whatever this turned out to be. Uh, you know, you could, you could like it. If Did you like this? Maybe you'll like our Facebook page I as well. I enjoyed doing it. Yeah. You <laughs> should been, enjoy listening it's to been, it. <laughs> you, you should. You should do you it. Should. You didn't. You're wrong. Uh, maybe, you know, you'll like our Facebook page as well. Like our Facebook page. Uh, Facebook.com slash communal bathroom, maybe. Yeah. And maybe you'll uh, follow us on Twitter, because we do stuff on there. Yeah, yeah, occasionally. At yeah. Communal Bath. At Communal Bath. You can follow Chris at Spine Trolley. At Spine Trolley. Uh, Sam can be found at, at S.R. Bradley. Oh, yeah, that's my name. SR, that's his name, yeah. Oh, you can Google it, you might be able to find, oh, some of my original research online. Oh, yes. <laughs> Those are, yeah. Uh, you could go on to Journal of Physics Condensed Matter and uh, Google Samuel R. Bradley. Um if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna promote your academic research, I'm gonna promote mine. I've recently st- started documenting all of the pub floors in Sheffield. I've undertaken the unenviable task of documenting every pub floor in Sheffield and publishing the results via Twitter and Instagram. It is to be found on both of those outlets at Chef Pub Floors. That's S H E F F P U B F L O O R S. 
Uh, and I would appreciate any submissions from outside sources if you want to send them into chefpubfloors at gmail.com. That's chefpubfloors at gmail.com. There are huge parts of the city I never really get to, especially the huge swathe of, swathe of uh, suburbia to the southeast. We've Mex- all. Mexbra. Mexbra, uh, Hackenthorpe, <laughs> Owlthorpe, uh, Baton, Sovall. <laughs> Sovall, anybody? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Westfield? Yeah? Uh, so any submissions from that kind of area would be great. Uh, I think we've got we've got some of the main sort of bits covered in the town. A good uh, throwback there of just naming areas of Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, chefpubfloors at gmail.com. That's chefpubfloors at gmail.com. Or at chefpubfloors on Twitter and Instagram. And I would appreciate submissions. <laughs> So, Academia Pub Floors. That's what we've got going here. We're also on soundcloud.com slash communal hyphen bathroom. We're also on iTunes. Leave us a review or whatever. I don't know. And, uh, you know, just uh, just find us. Find us around, you know. I've not got a job. Does anyone want me to give me a job? Actually, samuelrbradley.com forward slash CV. There's my CV. Do you ever want to give me a job for a little bit? I need a job. All right. How desperate it is to say on your own podcast give us a job i mean say on your own podcast find us find this podcast like people who have found it have this already found it on my cv <laughs> but you know what i mean i know what you people mean people who have found it don't need to be told to Chris, find I'm it drowning. let's get out <laughs> all right let's get out of the bath daniel da- Mayor, any last words Mayor daniel do you have a last last piece of advice for the for the electorate soon to be I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of platforms you can enjoy this type of thing these days. You could always just pop round. Um, most days I'm on my own, so <laughs> come and see us, Chapel Town. That's South Yorkshire, seventy four <laughs> Park Avenue, Chapel Town. <laughs> Be lovely to see you. <laughs> We've been dispatches from the communal bathroom. Um, don't forget to wash behind your ears. Bye, Mavis. Bye.